Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Byron Love, filling in for Nomi Nujidin. Today is Friday, July 28th. Coming up, as homicides continue to rise in Kansas City, city leaders hope programs for young people will keep them out of trouble. It's about empowering youth to make a better Kansas City, to to push for a violence-free Kansas City. We'll have more on how the city is responding to youth violence. And thanks to modern air conditioning, electrical fans can seem like relics, but there is a hardcore fan collector in Kansas City obsessed with making antique fans new again. I bring these mechanical orphans home, and we try to breathe life into them. We'll meet a man with a basement full of fans who's restoring an antique set from Kansas City history. But first, some headlines. Jackson County homeowners who want to appeal their new property values have until July 31st to file with the county assessor's office. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. The assessor's office says 43,800 appeals have been filed so far, and less than a quarter of them have been resolved. Once an appeal has been filed, the homeowner meets with the Board of Equalization, which decides how to resolve the appeal. Gail McCann Beatty is the assessments director for Jackson County. I don't want anyone to be paying more than they need to. We want their property values to be correct. The assessor's office will be open this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. with representatives on site to help people file their appeal. A University of Kansas football player has been arrested for allegedly making a bomb threat towards the school. Joe Bluebaugh has more. 21-year-old Joseph Krause of Prairie Village made his first appearance in Douglas County District Court on Tuesday. He was arrested Monday and accused of making a bomb threat that led to the evacuation of the KU football stadium and adjacent facilities. The Lawrence Journal World reports that Krause, a sophomore, has been on the football team for three seasons as a walk-on. Making a bomb threat is a felony. Krause's next court date is set for August 2nd. Lawrence will soon remove a massive red boulder that has been on display for decades. Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports the city will begin returning the sacred rock to the Kaw Nation next week. In 2020, the Kaw Nation requested the city of Lawrence return the rock that's been sacred to the tribe for centuries. The city agreed and apologized for using it as a memorial for the white founders of the city. The project requires removing a plaque and a base from the 28-ton boulder to prepare it for travel. Tony Wheeler serves on a Lawrence committee planning the move. She says she's proud the city recognizes how important the rock is to the tribe. It's a great story about, you know, reconciliation and trying to develop better relationships between communities and the indigenous populations. Con Nation leaders plan to place the rock in a park on tribal land in Council Grove, Kansas. We'll be right back. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late-night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Summertime often presents a challenge. How to keep kids out of trouble when class isn't in session. 
And in a year that has already seen a lot of children fall victim to gun violence, keeping them safe is a high priority. KCUR's Lisa Colacle reports one effort this summer might just be the hottest club in Kansas City. The sounds of a drumline mingled with cheers on a warm Friday night on Kansas City's west side. It's Battle of the Bands, and the Wildcats are showing off their skills to their families, friends, and other local drill teams. 13-year-old Messiah Jones was one of the dancers on the Wildcats. Uh, I think I did pretty good because I ended up tired after, so I think I did good. This is just another Friday night at Club KC a weekly program hosted by Kansas City's Parks and Rec. Our goal on Friday nights with Club KC, of course, is to get as many youth between the ages of 12 and 13, all the way up to 18 or 19, here. That's Juan Tab, the executive director of Arts Tech, a local nonprofit that focuses on young people. If they're here, chances are they're not out in Kansas City with trouble finding them or in difficult situations. Club KC is hosted at the Tony Aguirre Community Center on the west side and the Greg Kleist Community Center at 18th and Vine every Friday night. For a few hours, kids can hang out, play games, watch a movie, and make new friends. Six-year-old Nia especially loved the Battle of the Band performances. I like going to be in the new cheerleader squad. For kids and their parents, Club KC is like an oasis in a scary and unpredictable world. And in a year that's on pace to break homicide records, Tab says spaces like Club KC are essential. It's about empowering youth to make a better Kansas City, to, to push for a violence-free Kansas City. Of this year's 114 homicides so far, 10 kids under 18 have been victims and three have been listed as suspects. Young adults between 18 and 24 make up a quarter of homicide victims and nearly a quarter of suspects. For years, elected officials have been scrambling to combat violence in the city. There's some research showing summer youth programs reduce violence in communities, but it focuses on youth employment programs, not just for fun camps like Club KC. A study of New York City's summer youth program found it reduced the likelihood that participants would become incarcerated by 10 percent. In Chicago, kids who participated in a summer jobs program saw violent crime arrests decrease among them by 43 percent compared to a group of kids who did not do the program. It builds character. It builds structure. That whole respect thing, you know. Pat Clark runs Kansas City's Youth Jobs Program, ENJOY, which stands for Engineering, Neighborhoods, Jobs, and Opportunities for Youth. Teens work jobs like cleaning neighborhoods and earn a small paycheck. Club KC and ENJOY only operate in the summer. Club KC only on Friday nights. And for all the kids who enjoy Club KC, there are even more in Kansas City who don't show up. Before Mayor Quentin Lucas and Club KC, there was Mayor Sly James and Rock the Block. And before that, events like Mayor's Nights, all of which tried to provide opportunities for kids and hopefully get them out of trouble. Even with those programs in place, Kansas City for years now has experienced a high homicide rate and many instances of violence that involve young people. Clark knows his employment program isn't a total solution. You know, I brag about taking the guns out of their hands and putting rakes and shovels and 
brooms and all of that type of stuff in there. It don't stop them from carrying guns or buying guns. The reality is, summer youth programs alone won't stop the tide of violence and shootings in the city. But at least on a warm Friday night, a place like Club KC can provide parents and kids a few moments of joy. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Salisa Kalakal. days before air conditioning, electric fans were how Midwesterners beat the heat. KCUR's Julie Dinesche has the story of one local collector who's restoring a rare set of antique fans that once cooled travelers in Kansas City's Union Station. Brett Vaughn is standing on a ladder, attaching brass blades to a pair of fans mounted atop an eight-foot pole. Two screws on every blade. Most unusual. He set up the fans in the dining room of his home in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. I've got the blades and the power's connected. I just need to tighten up these bolts. Vaughn's fan is tall, so tall that the blades almost brush the ceiling. I'm going to test fire this now. I have a good feeling that these shafts will turn because they did on the workbench. It's a Jandus gyro fan. Back in 1907, it was the height of cooling technology. Now fans like these are incredibly rare. They're alive! As the two fans start up, they rotate around the top of the pole, pushing air into every corner of the room. They propel themselves round and round. There's no motor in the center, just red axle grease and ball bearings. I like the rust. I like the sweat on some of these old things. There's copper plate here, there's steel here, there's cast iron. During the week, Vaughn works for Ford at the Kansas City Assembly Plant in Clay Como. But in his free time, he's a hardcore antique fan collector. His basement workshop is full of them. The Christmas closet is full of fans. The garden garage is full of fans. And, well, you're talking to a fan of fans. So, I bring these mechanical orphans home, and we try to breathe life into them. Vaughn couldn't believe his luck when he found two of these gyro fans at an estate sale last year. He was told they once belonged to a maintenance man who worked at Union Station. Vaughn says they represent an important piece of Kansas City history. These were mounted in the marble countertops at the Harvey House. Fred Harvey's chain of restaurants for railway travelers started in Kansas in 1876. They were known for good food, excellent service, and waitresses called Harvey Girls. Photographer Roy Inman remembers Fred Harvey's as a swank place to get a bite to eat. He was just a boy in the 1940s when Union Station served more than half a million travelers each year. Inman spent a couple years documenting the restoration of this place back in the 1990s. He says, in its heyday, it was the place to people watch. People came to Fred Harvey's just for the experience and also the possibility of seeing a star, as a Hollywood star. Just after the Second World War, cross-country trains like the Super Chief would often lay over in Kansas City. You'd see Marilyn Monroe, Bob Hope, Vivian Lee. So people came to get a glimpse of stardom, celebrities. <laughs> Inman says fans would have been indispensable for Union Station travelers on sweltering summer days. Well, I, of course, come from an era when 
there were very few uh, air-conditioned homes. And on a really, really hot days, my mom, dad, and I would spend part of the day either in the movies or at Cat's drugstore. And so electric fans, I mean, that's how you survive. Brass contacts, little electricity, and a prayer. Back in his Excelsior Springs workshop, Vaughn will continue to tinker with these hundred-year-old machines. Preservation is just appreciating something and seeing the art in it, even though it may be mass-produced. There is quality there, and it is worth keeping and preserving so future generations have an idea of the quality that we were pumping out at the beginning of the last century. Once Vaughn is finished restoring the Union Station fans, he says they'll bring a cool breeze to Midwestern summers for many more years to come. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Julie Denishay. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Byron Love. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Paris Norvell, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Salisa's story about Club KC and Julie's story about antique fans, visit kcur.org, where you can see pictures of the fans and find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.